0: And welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we talk about DVDs, Blu-rays, and an occasional VHS. I'm your guest, Mordo, and today we have our host, Citizen How.
1: You know what? I'll make that the intro. That's fine by me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was my game plan just to do that.
1: That was your game plan? Yes.
0: Well, you...
1: <laughs> I'm old news now, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, no. speaking of old news, uh you know what was old news? World War 2. Hey, speaking of World War 2, you know there's a movie we watched that was on uh something to do with World War 2. Uh, Dunkirk. We watched Dunkirk. Oh,
0: was that uh, on World today. War II? I didn't realize. I thought that was something else.
1: Yeah, no, so Dunkirk took place during World War 2.
0: That would explain the Germans.
1: That would explain the Germans and the French and the British and
0: British. Yeah.
1: The British, exactly. So anyway, yeah, we watched Dunkirk, uh, a movie by none other than Christopher Nolan, a director we've had before, um, a a movie we've talked about, with you, Mordo, you were on the Memento episode. Yes. Remember?
0: Because that was Remember that time? No, I forgot. See, how, you see, I have this condition.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but we all uh no do, yeah
0: yeah um yes i was here for that and for those who don't know gang um so here's the here's the game plan for every time that i come back on this episode we're gonna talk about a nolan film at least once
1: on this I, episode or like on the podcast like on know, the
0: podcast in general
1: yeah yeah yeah. i know yeah, like you're you're yeah like
0: every time pointing I, out that you misspoke oh i did
1: I yeah, you know. said this episode. I, I, I'm just messing. It's no, fine. I, mean, well, I knew exactly what you were talking about, though.
0: Yeah, so this was like, I guess, the running bit gag that we have going for the podcast. Like, anytime I were to come back, yeah, we we just we just we just, we just talk about a Nolan film, just one by one.
1: Yeah, and so I with, think that's that's a good plan.
0: And I guess we chose Dunkirk because uh, around the time when we made the decision, I just found this cheap at Barnes and Noble, and I figured, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah.
1: I'm glad we I'm glad we both agreed on Dunkirk. I think Dunkirk was a good choice. Um, so i I know you've said you've kind of become a bit of a Nolan fan over the past year or so. Um, yeah. It's funny because I'm kind of on my way out from being a Nolan fan now, oh boy. when I say that, when I say that, I'm not saying that like, oh, I hate all his movies, all his movies are overrated and they suck. It's like no. I love movies like the Dark Knight trilogy, and especially Memento. Like, if you listen to our episode, like I still hold those opinions. Like, I still think Memento is a freaking masterpiece. Yeah, and it's I'm
0: one of my personal favorite movies of all time. Yeah, it's
1: one of my person. It's one of my personal favorites too. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm not as huge on Nolan with every single one of his movies. Like, the dude has made some great movies. Don't get me wrong, but he's also made some things that maybe don't hold up well on upon rewatch now to be completely fair i have not rewatched a lot of his movies and well maybe that's what this podcast is for there you go so i'm hey. glad we re- rewatched dunkirk because uh i have seen it before and it w- it had been a couple of years since i had seen it originally so i'm glad i got this a bit of a refresher um i liked it i did like dunkirk Maybe it wasn't an eight out of ten like I had originally gave it. I think it's closer to a six out of ten this time. Yeah, but honestly, it's still good.
0: Yeah, honestly, I was gonna say like uh, I, this was the first time for me to watch it, and honestly, um, I'm I'm not gonna be on. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Uh, I was not feeling for this movie at first. Yeah, I didn't say. I'm not saying like I didn't like it. I I enjoyed it. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I'm here just thinking to myself this does not feel like a Nolan movie. It kind of mm-hmm. doesn't. I see the directorial style. I see it. Mm-hmm. But like, I I didn't get the much feel of like the Nolan theme to like his other movies like Memento or an exception. Cause it's just, it, it feels normal. <laughs> it feels too yeah. normal for <laughs> too a normal. Nolan, Nolan movie.
1: I guess, I suppose, but, yeah. Um, I I think because it's actually based off of a real event. Yeah, so that's maybe true. that's why.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's probably like the like something I would not expect Nolan to like make. I expect like something original, and I guess where he had mm-hmm. more creative balance to it. But with this, like, I can see why because again, it's based on uh, uh, an event happening in World War II.
1: Yeah, so that's interesting. So I guess yeah, when it comes to Nolan at his best, he does have a bit more uh sci-fi elements to his movies, you know. Exactly. Um yeah, so like stuff like uh Tenet and Interstellar and even The Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, those. Yes. Inception, even Memento to an extent. Well, Memento not really. I well, get me- me- Memento's a little it- more grounded, but I think I think the idea of like a like a Memory, uh, loss kind of thing is a little sci-fi when you think about like, y- you know, just how like very specific the memory loss is in the way it is. It does seem very sci-fi. the way
0: how the movie plays out is very creative.
1: Yes, yes. Whereas Dunkirk, Dunkirk is obviously based off of the uh real uh, like retreat of like the British soldiers off the French coast in during World War ii Like this actually happened. Yeah. Um, so yes, I can see that cuz it is actually like a real event that took place. Obviously it's a fictionalized version of that because I don't think every one of these characters were real. You sure. know, it's it's a it's a war drama. It's a historical fiction war drama. Like it's a, it's akin to you know many great war films of the of cinematic history stuff like Full Metal Jacket, Platoon, uh Bridge on the River Kwai. Just I'm thinking just thinking of Thinking of war movies off the top of my head that I've seen Black Hawk Down. Um, Black Hawk Down. That's, that's one I haven't seen, but l- uh, yeah, I, I
0: have seen that one because uh, I own like a I own like a three d special edition, um, Super Bit Deluxe of that because mm-hmm. uh, I was trying to find a copy of that because uh it's a it's a Super Bit, and right. uh, that's something I actually want to talk with you about at a later point. Um, well, we'll
1: get to that when we get to that. Yeah, yeah.
0: but I own like a Super Bit Deluxe three to special edition of that. Uh, I think it came out in Korea, but I found like following like a copy of it like, what, 13 bucks on eBay a while back? And I think a cool oh, thing with that edition is that it comes with the CD, like the soundtrack of the movie. And I thought that was oh, pretty nice. cool. And I don't think the original 3 special edition has that. So that's like a cool bonus on that. But yeah, Black Hawk Down is a- another war film I have seen.
1: Yeah, so, it's, so when it comes to like war dramas, yeah, it's not going to... You're not really going to uh as we've been saying like it's not very sci-fi which is what nolan kind of is known for so it is a different uh change of pace for sure um i still think he has like he still sneaks sneaks in his nolanisms pretty well like you know you got the ticking clock you got the the out of order sequences of telling the story you have like the very crisp cinematography and just like the very Tense uh, and the score IMAX to it. ratio, the IMAX aspect ratio. So, that's one thing that, um, I mean, that's something that always just kind of annoys me. So, for those who don't know, like the aspect ratio changes in this movie kind of a lot. And I, as somebody who pays attention to that sort of thing, I really don't like when movies do that. Even a personal favorite movie of mine, another Nolan film, The Dark Knight, does that where you know sometimes you see the black bars and sometimes it's uh. I think, you both know, there's no black bars
0: and dark Knight both did that.
1: Yeah, I think they did because yeah. that's when Nolan started using IMAX cameras, which I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But when you notice those kinds of things, it's kind of distracting, but yeah. it is, you know, cause like, I remember years ago, uh, watching the Ralph, the movie maker review on one of the transformers movies. And he had pointed out that like every once in a while, the aspect ratio changed in that movie, like constantly, so, then, it, it, it's just something that, like, when you notice, you really, really do notice, and it is kind of distracting. I think, uh, I mean, like, I've been, I, I, I was telling you this, I think the aspect ratio change in The Dark Knight is literally the only thing I don't like about that movie, whereas, like, everything yeah, no. else is, like,
0: no, it's just so freaking just awesome. Like, why can't you just say one aspect ratio, or just have a, yeah. or, actually, one thing, actually, um, I can't think why don't you just make it f- the entire thing IMAX? Like, I'm mean, like, well,
1: I think that's where it like becomes really expensive, but then it's like, yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I understand what you're coming. And I agree. It's like either, you know, all of it IMAX or none of it IMAX is what I would say. Like, yeah. yeah like why how, you would like, do this it, uh, like com- combination of the two is just kind of weird.
0: It's just that IMAX is like the thing. Cause like, you, you know, like you don't have like the bars, you like, get, like the full view of everything, like in a, what a 16.9 ratio Mm-hmm. yeah or uh, 16
1: by 9 ratio yeah. yeah
0: and that's pretty cool and I just yeah. like why don't you just do that for all movies just have it entirely like that no black bars or yeah. anything you just get the perfect view of everything I guess that's why uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League was just so different with its ratio like that so you can get like a yeah. better picture of the whole thing
1: yeah exactly like why not I don't know like take then go into the editing room and then like I don't know either put the black bars there or take them out completely like I I don't know just like yeah, the fact that you're the fact that like you're putting out a finished product and there's differing aspect ratios again like as somebody who notices these things it's very distracting like it kind of takes you out of the movie you know yeah just like I've been saying either have it all be black bars or none of it be black, black bars it doesn't really matter to me just choose one
0: yeah um i will say though i should probably rewatch dark knight just to like see how much it changes but I, yeah this one it felt like for the most part like most of it felt like it was an imax because like when i was starting i'm just like i think i was like what like what it felt like 20 minutes in i'm just like oh that's weird the black bars haven't kicked in yet i figured it changed like that or is it just gonna be like that's mm-hmm. this whole movie and i'm just back yeah. here thinking okay uh, i'll just i'll stick with this ratio then I'm, like oh there it is never mind <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think here, this is the movie where it's the least distracting that I've seen so far, where yeah, this happens. Yeah, because it
0: feels like it's used in that format, like, possibly, I'd say, like, somewhere around 80%, 75 maybe? Sure. Yeah, yeah. or it felt it's like just, in Dark night. it really weird. went back and forth so much.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just weird. Um, But, I mean, if, you know, again, yeah, I would say probably the aspect ratio annoys me. I mean... The other thing that annoys me about this movie, and I guess annoyed is kind of a strong word, because I can't really say I hate this movie. I actually did have a nice time re-watching it, and I'm glad I I'm glad I did rewatch it. Um but I think another thing that kind of does annoy me, and this goes into like, you know, my annoyance with historical dramas in general, is that I feel like I would have gotten a lot more out of this movie if it was like a straight up documentary and not just like a fictionalized version of a real event. Um, you know, cause I don't know, just like making a movie out of a real life event just is a little weird to me. I feel like you can do it right, but, uh, you know, there are those examples of it not being done right. Uh, I think this falls somewhere in the middle where it's, like, it does a good job, but I would have preferred, like, an actual documentary. You know what I'm trying to say?
0: Yes. Honestly, like, I can see what you mean. Because, like, when it comes to following along, like, I didn't really have much, like, like attachment to most of these characters. And I'm just thinking, like, there, there isn't much character to these um, casts. And yeah. just, they, it just feels too normal, like the, the Bane trio that's trying to like get home and stuff like that. I don't feel like they just do much.
1: Yeah, just trying you don't to like... really get a sense that they're characters. This is more of an ensemble cast, but, yeah, you know, I don't know, yeah, you don't really attach yourself to anybody because I mean, the acting is fine overall, like even from someone like Harry Styles who is notoriously <laughs> not very good at anything he does. But like, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, that's right folks, Harry Styles himself is yeah.
1: Yeah, which you'd think is very distracting. And at first, you're just like, hey, it's Harry Styles. How distracting. I I find
0: that so funny. Just Harry Styles in a Nolan movie. That's the last thing I ever expect.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but he works for the most part because, I mean, he's just being a scruffy young British soldier. And, like, you know, he's not on camera that often. Like, he's used very sparingly. And I feel like he works like that. It's like, okay, when he's not the main focus, it's great. And I think he does do a legit good job. It's like, wow, how refreshing to not be annoyed by Harry Styles in a movie.
0: I will say, though, like, part of me, I'm just here just thinking, where the fuck is Harry Styles? Or Is is that him? I don't look like him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he does. I mean, he does blend in because, you know, a lot of the other characters are just like these tall, lanky British white boys. Uh covered in muck and grime from the war it's like yeah, yeah. so uh, <laughs> but when you do know when you do notice him you're just like oh that's that's him
0: i thought he was actually i thought he was actually uh peter the guy on the boat uh, uh, the, uh the blonde kid
1: oh yeah oh so that boat yeah, there's yeah, several I thought, boats i yes. thought
0: that was harry styles because i thought harry styles is blonde
1: no he's well oh, maybe wait, no, someday yeah. he'll be blonde
0: uh, no wait he's not
1: no, he's not. I don't no, think he's naturally I, why, blonde. I, thought, I don't know.
0: Why did I thought that? I don't know why. I'm I'm crazy. I
1: mean, he, there's plenty of other, like, you know, pop singers who are blonde. It, you know, they all meld together because they're all just, like, made in the same factory, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I don't know why I thought yeah. that. No, no. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> why did I thought that? So like, I, d- I thought it was blonde. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I totally get it. I totally get it. But yeah, no, he was great. You know, a lot of the actors are really good. Like Mark Rylance is in that. He plays the the British father who's like, you know, uh, driving the boat. That was uh, Cillian Murphy as like the shaking soldier who ended up killing Barry Keoghan. Barry Keoghan's in this movie. Yeah, like, I'm just naming all these like really great actors. Yeah, and who was like, like
0: scared as hell of going back.
1: Yeah, it's great. Like, I love that. He's yep. a kind. I love that, and I love how like uh, at some point in the movie, like uh, you actually see him before he's like uh, stranded. Like there's that scene where like uh, the main guy and Harry Styles are trying to like swim up into the boat, and he's just like, "Sorry, boys, no room." And then it cuts back to him currently on the boat with Barry Keoghan and Mark Rylance, and how he's just like, "We can't go back. We can't go back." Like it's it, it, it it's it's. A part of me does appreciate the editing for being that. out of. Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like that's th- like this movie's told out of order. Like certain scenes I happen. Say, I
0: didn't even before know before they happened out of order. I, I didn't even notice.
1: Yeah, no, it is. It's not as uh, up front about its weird editing choices, like Memento is. But like with Memento, it made sense because it's you a know story that's going the
0: backwards. It's a story going backwards
1: order. exactly yeah exactly whereas like here it's being told out of order really just because nolan feels like he can do that okay and, well i
0: guess that's how the nolan's style really kicks in like again i guess i yeah. just didn't notice that and that's why i just felt like this didn't feel like yeah. i like, a nolan movie like i wouldn't know if this mm-hmm. was made by nolan if you told me
1: yeah that's true i mean but like like i'm saying like that's one of those moments like where you see like him on the boat When he's, like, like before the event happens, and then it's, like, him on the boat, like, scared shitless. It's, like, that I'm okay with, but, like, that's, like, the only time I'm okay with the movie being told out of order. The rest of it, I'm just, like, this really doesn't need to be like this. He just wants to do it because, you know, Nolan loves making complicated movies. So he can be, like, oh, see how I did this? Isn't this interesting? Isn't this unique? It's just, like yeah ooh, like sh- waving keys in her face it's like yeah great you're, you're doing a an okay job but it's like what does this have to do with the rest of the movie you know you could have told it in order and nothing would necessarily be different
0: yeah you didn't make the dark knight trilogy that complicated now did you
1: <laughs> no i well, the dark knight trilogy is a superhero trilogy so oh, that's true and th- that's a different kind of thing but no i i completely see where you're coming from sure
0: of which um, now that we brought that up, uh, yeah, I have to say, I think Fossey, the, the most scenes I probably enjoyed most was the um, Peter and George story.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's like the normal British, sol- the normus, the normal British citizens on the boat going to pick up soldiers. Yes, yes,
0: I-, I can follow along with these characters well. Like they, they got character. Like I know what their journeys for. Uh, what they're here for and of course you know i i felt bad for peter when you know george got hurt and then he was blind and then he didn't make it
1: yeah no i agree i think it's an interesting aspect that you don't necessarily see a lot in war movies you know when it comes to war movies you kind of expect to be in like A platoon of soldiers and they're going through like all these uh bloody battles and stuff like that like this is an interesting aspect that i don't think gets brought up as often like the fact that like normal british citizens were like you know volunteering to bring their boats out across the english channel to the french uh to the french coast side to like help rescue these british soldiers in need of retreat like that's an interesting aspect But like, you know, that's only one part of this movie. And I feel like if you really expanded upon that, the movie would be a lot more interesting because it's like you're learning about an aspect of World War II that's not gotten that hasn't really been brought up as often. And I feel like that's an interesting aspect. Like, I would rather want to learn about that, like in great detail, because that's such a fascinating idea. But again... It's only one part of this movie, so it kind of gets drowned out through the other stuff.
0: Yeah, I will say that I did like what uh, Peter did at the end, where he like he put uh, George's name in the article code, saying he was a hero. That's yeah, I that that was nice.
1: Yeah, and it, it is a little melancholy because it's like, what exactly did he do on that trip? Like he just volunteered, and then you know he gets pushed by the soldier, and then he like gets his head hurt and then he dies, but it's yeah, like, I
0: wish there were the more characters, but I'm like, I, I, yeah. destroyed them.
1: Yeah. Like, and, and it's a kind of a melancholic. The reason I say it's kind of melancholic because it's like, well, what did he actually do? But now he's being praised and heralded as a hero. It's like, it's very melancholic because like, did he actually do anything or what did he, was he showing up enough to be considered a hero? And I feel like that ties into, you know, the scene when Harry Styles and the main boy, which, uh, I think his name's like Fionn Whitehead or something like that. He was he was in the Bandersnatch movie. Uh, that's literally all I. The only other thing I know him from. But anyway, like the two of them are like walking down that down those train tracks, and there's that blind guy like giving them blankets and stuff, and being like, "Good job, man. Good job, man." Or like, "Well done, boys." Isn't and that
0: um? Oh, shoot, I forgot his name. Uh, Michael Caine.
1: No, that's not Michael Caine. Michael Caine is in this movie. He yes, plays is- the. Uh, He's the voice on the um,
0: on Tom Hardy's
1: the, play. Yeah, he's like talking to Tom Hardy and the other uh, I, I fighter thought that
0: was, I thought that was him at the end. <laughs> no, I, that's
1: I that's John Nolan. I don't know. I think he has some relation to Christopher Nolan because obviously isn't his that name is like, Nolan.
0: Isn't that his brother, Jonathan? Nolan? It might
1: be. I it think might so be? because I think he. Wrote I don't a, know.
0: No, because I remember because I think he wrote a story called Memento Mori, which played along yeah. with Memento.
1: I don't know if, I don't know. He seems kind of old to be a brother. He might be the father, but I don't know. Wait. I, I, I really don't know. But, um, anyway, yeah, he's the one who's just been like, well done, men. Well done, boys. And, you know, Harry Styles is just like, all we did was survive. And the guy's just like, oh, that's enough. So it's like kind of this weird thing where it's like, you know, what did we actually accomplish here? But like, no matter what.
0: Uh, no, on the Wikipedia says it's his brother.
1: It's his brother. Oh, interesting! I didn't yeah. know.
0: Also, fun fact: um, you can actually find the story of Memento Mori on the Memento DVD. You just got to go through, you know, the chaotic puzzle through the bonus
1: <laughs> features. <laughs> yeah, learn about it on our episode. Yes. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, like you know, like that kind of I guess that ties into what the movie's all about. Like, what is actually a hero, and you know, what actually deserves um recognition. You know, the fact that Barry Keoghan's character just kind of goes on the boat on a whim, ends up dying, but still gets heralded as a hero. And, you know, same thing with the British soldiers. Like, all they did was just, you know, survive uh, not getting bombed by the Germans. You know, like the blind man said, that's enough. So, like, it's long
0: enough to tell the tale.
1: Yeah, it's kind of an interesting aspect that I feel like you don't often see in other movies and I'm glad this movie brings it up. So, I don't know, it's just in- it's just it's interesting. Um, it's just it's that's one that's one of those aspects of this movie I do like. I-, I can't say it makes me fall in love with the film because again, like you know, the overcomplicated editing and the fact that it is a fictionalized version of a real life event, those are things that kind of hold me back from truly loving this movie. So, I don't know. It is a good movie, I will say. Like, no matter how many criticisms I have with it, it is a good movie. Yeah, it's still just... so good. Yeah, I just wouldn't say it it's obviously never going to be a favorite from my of mine of Nolans. Yeah. For me on, personally,
0: honestly so far I think this has to be my my, my least favorite Nolan movie. Like Interesting. on its own, it's good, but if you're coming in as a Nolan enthusiast, uh yeah, you might want to pass on this one.
1: Yeah, I I'd say it's worth watching at least once. I've seen it twice. Yeah. Um and I wouldn't mind watching it again. I would just sooner rewatch Memento and The Dark Knight trilogy m- way more often. Mm-hmm. so uh did you have anything else you wanted to say before we get into talking about yeah shout out to uh, my boy tom
0: heart tom hardy dude carried that flight fleet
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i remember there was like this time when people were like saying like tom like if you have tom hardy in your movie like you never really see his face you yeah, know no, like because
0: i like i was looking at the cast like oh tom hardy's in this oh that's the guy yeah. on the plane i didn't notice that and then at the end when he's like taken prison by the germans like oh yeah yeah that's tom hardy i just could to recognize the face at first
1: i know well that's the thing like i remember seeing this meme where like people were saying like you you never see tom hardy's face even when he's acting in a movie because in the dark knight rises he had the bane mask in mad max fear road he had like a thing covering his face for most of it and in dunkirk he has the he has like the plain uh wasn't he uh, goggles on was he was an inception okay, so yeah. you did see his face clearly there so that's i a, think that's it was just
0: weird thing with nolan movies you just yeah you you, with with each nolan movie you got to have tom hardy and michael kane
1: well michael kane especially uh tom hardy has only been in i think well according to the letterbox he's only been in three okay um yeah, which no Michael Caine, yeah, especially, which <laughs> I liked Michael Caine was in this as just the voice you hear on the airplane intercom. But like, you know, when it comes to something like tenant and he just shows up for one scene, it's a bit distracting. It's like, all right, Nolan, he doesn't have to be in every single one of your movies. Like, you know, let him act in other things, like cars too. It's you like know? it's
0: like um Oh my yeah, that's right. He was in cartoons. Um it's like how like um Sam Raimi brings Bruce Campbell in for a cameo.
1: Yeah, but those are funny because like Sam yeah. Raimi makes funny movies, so like that makes sense and spooky. And spooky, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, okay. All and, right.
0: And one last thing I have to say, honestly, okay, I think yeah, for the ahead. longest time when I I, I was aware of the, of the movie Dunkirk, but I guess part of me was just thought, is that the na- main character's name? <laughs> <laughs> His name yeah. is Dunkirk.
1: It's Mister Dunkirk himself.
0: <laughs> That's Mister Dunkirk, sir.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that must be somebody's name, um, but sounds like a name. Who knows? Yeah, it is a good name. It is. A, it is a very. It's a fun name to say, Dunkirk. Yeah. All right, then. Uh, I will say. I guess to wrap this up, I do not own this on Blu-ray. I thought I did. I must have gotten rid of it years ago before I even started the podcast. Um, but. In terms of whether I would own it on Blu-ray, I I don't think so. So, like I've said, I think it's a good movie, but it's not one I'm, like, passionate for in any real way. Like, I like it. I think it's a good Nolan movie. I recommend people watch it. But, you know, I don't know. It's just not one that you could re-watch a whole lot. And I guess owning it on Blu-ray just really wouldn't... Uh, compared to seeing it in the theater like that's the thing i have never seen this movie in theaters and i feel like this is a movie that was made for the movie theaters and so when you watch it on your normal tv setup at home i don't know the impact just isn't there so sadly this will not be joining my collection um but you know that's what this podcast is for we figure these things out but uh did you say you own it
0: um yeah i did i like i said i watched this on the dvd because uh yeah, a few months back i just i i was at barnes and noble and i found this and i think it was like what five bucks or 5.99 or so i'm like oh it, yeah this is cheap i might as well buy this and it's uh it's mm-hmm. like a it's a two disc set so like the second disc would have like a, a special feature it says join Christopher nolan and his production team on their epic journey to recreate the miracle of dunkirk equipped with enlarged format cameras a nation of effects, historical naval and air fleets and scores of actors, filmmakers, some, some I can't fucking read this shit. I'm, I try to do, <laughs> I try to I try to do like how Chris would read like something with like sound yeah. so cool doing so. Um, yeah, I do want to say it's been a month since all this happened. We, we've been through a lot, guys. I'm not sure if you guys know, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's been a crazy month. But yeah, here we are. We're, we're still kicking and we're getting better at it.
1: Yeah, and that's why we do this podcast. I need this podcast now more than ever. So, oh yeah, I yeah. will say though, it, uh, it
0: does feel weird. Like when I didn't notice this at first, but like when 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 I was playing it last night, like when the DVD menu opens up, like it cuts to them like when they were like walking through like the like streets of Dunkirk with the papers falling like that. Like it does yeah. that, and the it gives me like the options to play movies and stuff like that. And then it cuts to like a black screen with the logo, just like just closely zooming in, and then it just stops. And I'm like. That's the menu and you just leave me in silence. Uh. That was that was him. just boring. At least at least it ain't like just like that whole copy paste bullshit with like the newer like Warner DVDs now, but it's just like That's that true, boring. yeah. I at least have a bit of like I don't give me like I don't know, like I don't know, like footage or clips of just the movie or something like that. Don't just leave you on a don't just do that and just leave me on a black screen with like the yeah. options in the menu like there. It does that on both DVDs and it's just okay that was yeah yeah
1: that's a that's a modern dvd for you Uh, uh,
0: well i I mean it it could be worse i'll give you that it could be worse i mean at least at least the other menus had like images from the film and stuff like that like it doesn't give you like a a bland wallpaper so that's true yeah yeah, it could be worse but eh. it could
1: be worse but it ain't no super bit dvd um well speaking of speaking of super bit dvds let's brings us into our next movie if you want to move on
0: well i mean you well with your copy i don't think it really somewhat counts because it doesn't have the generic super bit menu it feels like a normal dvd of panic room
1: panic room that's our second movie today and our first david fincher film on the podcast um
0: oh yeah i've heard this guy i want to know before we yeah
1: yeah so before we get into panic room have you watched much from david fincher
0: Sorry, I was clearing my phone. Um, I don't think I have. Also, okay. I, just want, I just want to point out, to everyone. If I sound off today, I've been sick.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel I've like s- I've been a little sick too. Yeah,
0: I've been sick the past week, but you know, I'm recovering. I'm I'm doing better. Yeah, just my nose issues and my voice just sounds a bit off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. I don't think I've seen much of David Fincher. Like, I know he's aware of like you know for like nightclub. Uh, fight fight
1: club fight
0: club why did i say that? i can't think
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah he's done stuff like fight club seven zodiac the social network um alien cubed <laughs> which he does not uh look back on fondly um, oh,
0: God, A- alien cube you said
1: yeah that's the third alien movie that nobody really likes
0: oh it's an okay i was thinking it was like, yeah. it was, like something else
1: no, it's so it's Alien 3, but because the 3 is smaller and in the corner, it, oh, I, that's, I call that, it Alien... That's
0: why you said it like that. Okay. Yeah, I
1: call it Alien Cubed because it's funny. Um, which, yeah, that was his first movie. <laughs> um, so I guess you could only go up from here. Apparently, he doesn't like Panic Room either. Like, he doesn't look what? back on Panic Room as fondly. Which, Wait. I mean, I. I get it, sort of, because it's not like, you know, it's not like Fight Club or The Social Network or Seven, where, like, you know, those are, like, iconic movies that he's, like, most famous for and have, like, kind of cemented themselves as part of, like, cinematic history. So, I get it.
0: Wait, Andrew Garfield was in Social Network? Okay.
1: Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, Fuck you, (laughs) (laughs) flip-flops. That's a quote. uh, That is a quote. But, uh, so... uh, I don't know. I don't. I didn't hate Panic Room. I actually no, thought it was. Good. It was fine. It was good. Um, it was. It it was like it. It really is an early two thousands thriller. Like it um, came out in two
0: thousand two.
1: Yeah, two thousand two. Uh, it certainly looks and feels like a two thousand two thriller movie, yes. especially like the dated CGI aspects to it. Oh I don't God. know if you noticed.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I I can see, kind of see what you mean.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm quite nostalgic for that kind of CGI, but it is noticeable for sure. So if you're not a fan of obvious CGI,
0: uh, I, I could care less if CGI is better enough. I just, I just want to enjoy a good movie.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think this movie does a good job. It has a, it has a unique and interesting story. I will say, I think it's kind of funny that like, you know, it's called panic room. So obviously you know ob- obviously the movie starts off by showing off that like oh there's a panic room in this house and they're like we'll take it and it's like oh and then immediately the first night they stay there they have to use the panic room it's just like it's one of those things where it's just hey, like it, oh it, how convenient <laughs> you
0: know, it's interesting because like when i was watching it i'm just like oh okay we're just jumping right into the plot like not like a few days yeah like that's just like oh okay first night I, they're breaking in I,
1: yeah so i do appreciate that it's like kind of quick to the quick to the chase but then it's like i don't know i just think it's kind of convenient screenwriting wise how it's just like oh the first night we happen to stay in this house is the f- is the night we use the panic room <laughs> um
0: what, i yeah
1: exactly but like, so what what did you think of panic room uh mordo
0: what the fuck jared leto's in this
1: <laughs> that's right morbius himself <laughs>
0: no like when i saw that when i saw like the opening credits i saw jared leto i'm like oh what the fuck
1: i know how it's like so the opening credits how like they have like all the names like floating through new york and like his name is like on like that side of the building it just says jared leto and it's just like oh
0: jared leto jump <laughs> scare
1: <gasps> yeah oh man i love that we're in a post morbius world and so now every time we watch a jared leto movie we're always just gonna be like hey morbius ha, that's morbius <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like I think
0: like my review was just like, oh, I um, I said something else, and I ended with, and why the fuck is Morbius here?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, let me just say, like, I actually really found Jared Leto entertaining in this movie. Now,
0: yeah, surprisingly, I- yeah, he was kind of good.
1: I don't know if that's because he was good in the movie, or if I just find the existence of Jared Leto funny now. Just because, <laughs> you know, after Morbius and the Suicide Squad Joker, it's like Come, the, the dude is kind of a living meme now. me.
0: Down, bury yeah. me, bury me. <laughs>
1: that's the second time this song is played in on the podcast. <laughs> Wait, seriously? Oh, did you not? So, oh, so I guess to. Uh, I, I can get into this a couple episodes ago when I had uh, John and uh, William on the podcast of course, William. we talked about the Dark Crystal and Labyrinth during our Labyrinth discussion uh, <laughs> William brought up the fact that like David Bowie once played a character in a Scooby-Doo movie that was based off of two people one the Goblin King version that David Bowie played in the movie Labyrinth and two Dr. Michael Morbius <laughs> and so he told me to play the song while he was explaining that <laughs>
0: Uh, the, animals just... yeah. <laughs> the animals are leaving
1: yeah the animals <laughs> are leaving such a classic but anyway jared leto panic room he was really funny like just he was just such a scuzzy piece of shit and i liked that he was just such a weirdo and like you know the fact that he's just like this white guy with cornrows just made it even funnier just like the <laughs> way and the way he acted um and then he dies
0: yeah, like He <laughs> because, dies like halfway through. him like, uh, okay.
1: Yeah. Which, I
0: didn't think we were going to kill him off, but okay. We just, just killed off Jared Leto.
1: Yeah. Which it, w- it was kind of a shocking scene and I liked how it was handled. And I liked the gore on him because like, it genuinely looks like his, he got his head blown off just like, you know, the bullet hole, the size of the yeah, bullet hole. That was, hole that was
0: good. I think I just rewind that just to see that like, God
1: damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was really cool. Um, yeah, that's the thing about this movie. It's really cool. Like, it's it's a movie you would definitely find in, like, the early 2000s. You, like, plop the disc in the DVD player, and you just watch it. Like, yeah. it's not connected to any cinematic universe. It's not some heady A24 horror film. It's not some subversion. It's just, it's a standard action thriller from the early 2000s like it's it's a very nice movie for what it is and I appreciated it It was it was entertaining to watch for sure yeah Uh, yeah uh did you recognize that that was Kristen Stewart as the little girl
0: um like I mean like I I knew she was in the movie but I mean like Mm -hmm. yeah but like I don't think I know much about what Kristen Stewart all did I know the name sounds familiar
1: she was Bella in Twilight
0: i haven't seen twilight (laughs) okay
1: neither have i but i'm just familiar from like you know the 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 freaking uh stranglehold it had on pop culture for years twilight so like i recognized her apparently according to letterbox this is the only movie i've ever seen her in because i have not watched twilight yet (laughs) um but like yeah it's interesting just cause like, you know, you recognize her as Bella from twilight and then she just looks, I mean, she looks like a 12 year old in this movie cause she was a 12 year old in this movie. Um, I just want to say noticing, looking at the, uh, letterbox banner, she looks like Edward Furlong from Terminator two. Uh, and I just think that's really funny. <laughs> um, but anyway, no, but like, I, I feel like that's kind of the main takeaway I got from watching this movie was that it was like this really, fun, nothing too grand kind of action thriller from the early 2000s. Like I keep saying that, but like, that's exactly what I got out of it. You know, Yeah,
0: pretty pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing like, like overall exciting. It's just like, Oh, it's these three men breaking into a house and the two residents in there, they're trapped in a panic room and they're hoping for them to get out. And apparently they want something that's inside that room. And it, of course, Monday, Yeah. <laughs> We've got to have Have Monday. Yeah. (laughs) And of course, he says at first, it's like at first, they realize, oh shit, they're here already? Um, um, This is awkward.
1: Yeah, exactly. One of my favorite characters has to be uh, Forrest Whitaker as Burnham. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh my God. I love him.
1: I think you said in your review, like you were kind of rooting for him.
0: I was rooting uh, for him. I was. I
1: honestly kind of was too. I was rooting for him over Jodie Foster, and it's like I know, like Jodie Foster and Kristen Stewart are like the victims here, but like I kind of wanted force Whitaker Whitaker to get away with the money.
0: With Burnham, you like, like with his character, like he feels bad for doing this for the most part. Like he feels bad that, like he feels bad that they're here already doing this and like they, they don't want them to get hurt and of course with wow and i don't know what the other guy's name jared leto uh jared but, like, leto they're, just i jared guess they're, leto. they're a bit more like aggressive but with him like he's soft he doesn't like to have them hurt he just wants to get, yeah. wants, just get away with it nothing else
1: but, it's yeah. a villain it's an antagonist with an with a set of moral codes and with like you can with a heart like and that you gotta really get right uh, especially, you know, cause like, especially when we're living in an age of sympathetic villains, I feel like you really do need to get that right or exactly. else you're, you're just going to come across as really scummy and like, just really idiotic. Uh, so like, and I feel like all three of these villains or antagonists, I should say, well, they're villains. Let's be real. Cause they are robbing a house, but like, yes. you know, each of them has their own set of moral codes and like each leads to some really interesting characters. I must say, even though. We don't get a whole lot from them. Like, you know, with Forrest Whitaker, you're told that, you know, he has like a family, he has a job, but like, he's still doing this. You're like, oh, why is he doing this? And I don't know if it's necessarily ever explained, but I kind of like that. Like, there's a bit of mystery to him, but like, you still, you still kind of want him to kind of get the money, even though he is robbing these people. And then you got Jared Leto, who's just a deranged idiot oh his name Um, is junior in the movie what yeah his name is junior and like yeah you find you find out eventually like oh he's actually related to the guy who was there and he technically is inheriting the money or he wants to inherit it and that's why he's there um but he's just kind of like this idiot and you're just like uh but like he's an he's an entertaining asshole for sure like You know, you love just to see him be like this huge dickhead to everybody and how he's just like, you know, mucking about and just, he's just like this gigantic moron and it, but it's entertaining. And then you have Raul who is just like
0: downright cruel, like scary. Yeah. Yeah. You got your idiot partner, your scary one, and then you got your sympathy.
1: It. You know what? It's kind of like the villains in Puss in Boots. You got the sympathetic villain, which is Goldilocks. You got the entertaining asshole which is jack horner and then you got the straight up scary motherfucker Death, which is death like, yeah
0: Honestly, oh wow. my god
1: i can't i can't believe i'm comparing panic room to puss and boots the last <laughs> wish but here we are
0: yeah it, it makes sense that's crazy yeah also i do want to point out i actually did get the blu-ray recently i, I bought the target exclusive. oh you did
1: yeah nice it with, it I, I still article. got to
0: because money it's pretty cool money nice.
1: Monday. I know. Maybe I should rob a brownstone apartment with a panic room. <laughs> All
0: right, let's go. Uh,
1: just yeah, just to buy Puss in Boots: The Last Wish on 4K. <laughs> <laughs> it's for a good cause, I swear. <laughs> no, I will not be doing that. Uh, don't oh. do not worry. I am not to crime.
0: Kids, <laughs> don't try this at home.
1: Don't try this at home. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's what makes. I think that's what makes this movie a little more entertaining than maybe what it probably could have been. Uh, just not, I mean, the three villains definitely add and I, and I had already talked about like the CGI earlier, but I feel like, you know, it seems like the, uh, panning shot. Like, I, I don't know if you remember like at the beginning when like, you know, Jodie Foster and Kristen Stewart go to bed and then like it's panning throughout the house and you can see them behind the windows, like trying to see in, and it's like panning through, like in a lot of it use CGI just because I guess they just didn't have it in the budget to like actually construct the camera going through the house in yeah, different this, ways. This, this movie does and, have
0: an interesting directorial style. I'm not sure if that's how it's like for most of David Fincher's movies, but like, yeah, I can see I, like I, there's like a style going with how it's filmed.
1: Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what Fincher's style is. I'm not a huge Fincher head as much as some other people out there are. Right. But I, thi- I think it is very it it is filmed in a way that i it does seem familiar to other fincher films for sure um but yeah it, it leads to some really interesting camera angles some really interesting shots like it it it, add, it does add a style to the movie like a tense style to it. it it but like i've been saying like the cgi is just still a little weird because of that so like
0: I didn't mind it that much. It, I don't. I'm I know. Not one, I'm not one to really like be nitpicky with most stuff. Team like, right? Oh, this looks weird or something like that I'm just like. I'm just here to just enjoy a good movie, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm too because like I grew up in the 2000s, so I'm used to this kind of stuff. But it is something that I notice, so it's something mm-hmm. that I like to point out for sure. Yeah, but I, I get what you mean. Yeah, exactly. It, it's still an interesting style, even if it does look dated. um... But yeah, that's I honestly yeah, that's all I really got for this movie. It's it I had fun watching it. Uh I, I also wanted to point out, I actually pointed this out in my letterbox review, um, one of the I recognized one of the actors playing a bit part in this movie. It was one of the officers who went who like knocked on Jody Foster's door and was asking if is if everything's all right. One of them is played by a guy who played a character in the Sopranos.
0: I'm reading it right now.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, he plays Father Intintola, who's not a huge character on The Sopranos, but the fact that I recognized him immediately, I'm just like, "Holy shit, it's him from The Sopranos!" Just because I'm such <laughs> a huge fan of The Sopranos now.
0: Yeah, I can tell because of if you guys, I, I'm sure you guys don't even notice, but I'm I'm looking at Hal's icon right now. It's just Tony Soprano.
1: Yeah, I, I'm in I'm in my Sopranos arc right now.
0: <laughs> I now can't I, help now, it. Now I just got to get James to watch it because he puts like yeah. he puts Tony Soprano somewhere hidden in his thumbnails. So that's like his running bit now. Yeah.
1: That's his running bit. I I'm sort of pissed that he's turned Tony Soprano into a meme, but at the same time, I can't really stop him. So like, you know, what are you gonna do? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, was there anything else you wanted to say about Panic Room before we get talking about the DVD specifically?
0: Um, yeah, you know, I will say though with with the house and with the Panic Room itself, Panic Room just feels very really like, um. That's a little bit of a sci-fi feel to it. It just feels so mm. metallic and everything from separating yeah. everything from the house. And it was yeah. just so interesting because it feels so it's so really like a weird like eerie vibe to it. Like it feels like a like It a-
1: kind of reminded me of like aliens or like something from like the alien movies. Yeah. Just like Yeah, the constant screens like a- and stuff has- like that. It also reminded me of that one episode of Family Guy when they're in the panic room, which I'm wondering if that was intentional. Like I'm wondering if that movie, if that if that episode came out at the same time as this movie,
0: I did laughter. not care for The Godfather.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have uh, your son. Maybe. That's our daughter, Meg. Really? <laughs> uh, uh, that's Foster. Like a
0: reference. Like I know that, and like yeah. the other thing I can think of, a Panic Room was like. The one time when Candace was trying to hide away from all the, like the robot because of Phineas and Ferb and then, yeah, she, calls, yeah. and then she calls her mom, just, mom, I'm in the panic room.
1: She's at the panic room. That's right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Phineas and think, Ferb referencing panic room.
0: <laughs> I don't think it was like a full on reference. Cause it didn't look like exactly no, it, like the panic room there, but it's just like, I think when I heard a panic room, I think that was like the one thing I just thought about was that one scene.
1: <laughs> yeah. That one scene. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, Oh yeah, wasn't there a scene in this movie when like Jody fought cuz they're like filling the panic room with propane and Jody Foster lights it on fire and but then like all the fires like in the ceiling area. Is that how it works? <sighs> <laughs> I I don't know. That that seemed pretty uh far-fetched for a movie, but again, I'm no scientist, so I don't I no I'm no idea. propane I've- expert. I'm no I Hank Hill.
0: Um, I have no idea. I have not rewatched it for the podcast, but I figured I knew everything about the movie so far, so I I didn't think I'd have to, but I mean, I probably had to rewatch it, but I mean, that sounds familiar.
1: Yeah. It was just kind of a weird scene for me. I'm just like, really? You're going to blow up the propane tank and the panic room is just fine. I I don't know.
0: Okay. Hollywood
1: magic, whatever. (laughs) So, um... Yeah, you wanted to get into the DVD? Because I have quite a bit to say about this DVD that I have. Well,
0: I also have quite a bit to say about this DVD
1: that I have. Yeah. So you have a Superbit DVD. I have a Superbit DVD. Um,
0: well, actually, yours, I don't. Yours is
1: much nicer. Oh, you you don't?
0: It's I well, you said you did. No, it's... Well, I mean, the, the Superbit labels... Like, with yours, the Superbit labels on there, yes. But, yes. like... With most Superbit DVDs, like they're really like, with they're really bare bones, and like they try to take a lot out of like most DVDs just for there be more storage for just the film for the best picture and quality. But with most Superbit okay. DVDs, um, it it they would have like a generic DVD menu to it, like it would all just look the same. Okay. Like no like, no, like bonus features or anything or.
1: Okay, because mine did have bonus features. Um, yeah. Which like, I actually, yeah. can I can I mention that? Um, yes. One of the bonus features on there was filmographies, and all it was was you selected it. Um, so by the way, it was an animated menu. It was animated to look like the panic yes. room. Yes. Yes. Um, um, yeah.
0: With most Superbit the- menus, you just have like the cool flashy Superbit logo, and then just yeah, still, still menu.
1: Interesting. Okay, so mine wasn't that but like I yeah, it no. still says super bit on the DVD. But anyway, I selected this, this thing called filmographies and all it is, is just like going through the, uh, the director, the writer and all the actors, like all other things they've been a part of. So like it said, David Fincher, and you looked at David Fincher's filmography and because this was released in 2002, all it had was fight club, uh, the game seven and panic room. it, did not include Alien Cubed, funnily enough. Hmm, suspicious.
0: <laughs> Did Alien Cube come out before?
1: It was his first movie. Yeah, it was from 92. So that was his
0: debut?
1: F- that was his debut movie, was Alien Cubed. Isn't that funny? What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it, so it came out a full decade before this movie, and it doesn't mention it in the filmography section. Hmm, suspicious. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But then it has other stuff, so like the screenwriter, David Cope, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, He wrote, like, uh, the screenplay for Jurassic Park and the first Spider-Man movie. Um, So he's... uh, They mentioned that stuff. Actually, did he even write? Yeah, he did. He did write the screenplay for Jurassic Park. I'm right. I'm right. And the screenplay for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and Kimmy and The Mummy 2017. What? Oh oh don't go on this don't go on this guy's letterbox page worst Worst mistake of my life (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but anyway like it was just kind of an interesting uh dvd feature how it's just like it's just like listing their um it's just like listing the movies that they've been a part of like it reminded me of like uh when i did the halloween franchise way back when you know on my old halloween 3 uh dvd like it had uh recommendations and it was literally just png images of like the thing dvd or like village of the damn dvd because they were john carpenter movies I mean, it, it's just such a weird thing to put on a menu like you wouldn't put trailers or advertisements for these movies like you just yeah, put I just like,
0: like early like universal dvds do something like that
1: yeah it's it's just strange to me it was just i was just very re- it was very weird i must say um but yeah do you want to now, why don't you talk a little bit, bit about your DVD, if yeah, you have so something with, to say on it?
0: Oh, I, I I mean, I have a bit to say. Um, Actually, I think there's a bit of a story to this. But yeah, I want to point out, yeah, the version you have is like the standard version. And of course, it's bare bones. It doesn't have much bonus features to it, which would explain why it's labeled as a super bit some mm-hmm. reason because that's what they're for they're just for the better picturing quality and sound f- for the movie you don't get any bonus Which, features unless it, you did, have a, it did look unless, it did
1: look great i will say
0: yeah unless like you did unless like um like a movie got like a super bit deluxe release where like the second disc would just be the bonus features or some mm-hmm. did get that right but i have a bit of story about this one because Do tell um, yes so on the thing um on wikipedia uh, says, Panic Room was first released on VHS and DVD on September seventeenth, two 2022. The studio produced VHS copies only for rental and not for sale, believing that owners of DVD players would most likely buy the film. Studio, uh, the studio used design from the theatrical release poster for the video cover, where Fincher wanted a black cover that would differ from the poster through... Previous civilization supervisor uh, Ron Frankel wanted to include materials to show storyboard animation. The DVD was released as a single disc edition with no commentary or other features. Fincher also chose not to include the DVD, scenes filled with Nicole Kidman before she was placed with Johnny Foster. Okay, that's interesting. His first week, the film was uh, <clears throat> the film ranked second in DVD sales after Monsters Inc. Though it wow. ranked first in DVD rentals. In March 2024, the studio released a special edition DVD, which consists of three discs. Two provided features of the pre production, production, and post production processes for the film. The DVD also had several commentary tracks, clearly, one by the director, author John T. Cradwell cites. The special DVD of Panic Room it is an example of demonstrating the directorial control of aesthetically elevate the film Mm. and a blu-ray version is yet to be released
1: wait really so like not even a normal blu-ray version has been released
0: no yeah none
1: wow
0: i know it's crazy um
1: that's great that is um, crazy wow
0: i i mean if um sony is not like of all this time sony's not even decided to even done that yet um And if they even are, if they're not even going to tend to, um, uh, hey, Criterion, get get in on this.
1: That would be an interesting Criterion. Panic room. (laughs) That's interesting.
0: Who else else would do it? Maybe a Uh, third party, maybe, maybe, but I don't know.
1: Maybe shout, maybe, maybe maybe not vinegar syndrome because this isn't that culty, but I mean, it's not impossible. Yeah. No, that's interesting.
0: I'd love, okay. Honestly, I would love to see a Criterion of Memento.
1: I'd, mm. I'd kill for mm-hmm. that. But if they do it,
0: <laughs> I if they do it, please, please make it feel like a homage to the original special edition DVD. I would love. For oh, that.
1: undoubtedly. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, that's interesting that it's not on Blu-ray. I would, I mean, cause again, it's not one of Fincher's more iconic films, but like, I don't know. They put other stuff on Blu-ray before this. Like, Really, I I don't know. That's just weird to me because like then it's like is that you know if it's not put on a nicer Blu-ray like is it gonna eventually be considered? Well, I guess it wouldn't really be considered lost media because you know it has a letterbox page. It does still have. It was still put on DVD, so like yeah, you know you can still play it. But like I don't know. Yeah, That's not, just so weird. That to me. It's hard
0: to find like a DVD copy of this movie or at least the, the no. special edition. I but I, I was no. able it's to like... find this. I was actually I would find this actually pretty much. Not that far from me. I found this. I at a vintage sock at the West County Mall.
1: Right. I don't know. It's just weird that like they just will not put it on Blu-ray. I I don't know. Maybe someday they will. It's just taking a while. So yeah,
0: I hope so. That's just dumb. but yeah. Well, yeah. like I said, I I own the three-disc special edition, which mm-hmm. has more bonus features than the standard one, which I I'd recommend that you'd get nice. and throw that shit away. But yeah, it has commentary <laughs> on the first disc, and then you have your pre-production and the standard production for disc two, and then a little bit of production and post-production on disc three. Hmm. And it would just tell you all the other, like, all the stuff, like, it means and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's pretty cool to make up for the bare-bones uh, standard edition that they made. Well, <laughs> I yeah. will say, though, I will say, though, the DVD menus are really different from the standard edition. Mm-hmm. Like, And instead of like it being like the like the animation of the panic room, it's like a like a somewhat of like a like sketch blueprint of the house itself, and it just have like little pinpoints of like Mm. where it'll take you for like. And okay, I have to talk about what happens when you put in disc one because it's just it's just so fucking cool. So here's the thing. When you boot up Disc One, when the Columbia Tristar Home Entertainment logo starts up, then you have like I think like the um all like the warning signs and stuff like that, and then when the main mm-hmm. menu boots up, you see the Columbia Pictures logo. It just starts up with that with the theme playing and everything, and then it just zooms in, and then like it's like I guess it like takes you through the clouds or something like that, and then like it it starts making this 3d like blueprint model of the house and then takes you to the menu and when you hit play movie it takes you back to the columbia pictures logo does like the like the zoom out and everything like that and it was like so fucking cool
1: that's interesting is that implying that the columbia logo is heaven
0: i don't know but it was just it was just (laughs) a really like weird like meta feel of the menu and i thought that was really fucking cool and i can follow, yeah. like, i can probably like send you a video where i found like an opening to that yeah please what, do because
1: i really yeah. want to i want yeah, people to see this when i, I want to when,
0: when i saw that i'm just like okay i want to buy this dvd now that looks cool
1: yeah <laughs> but, that sounds it, awesome it
0: gave me like mental vibes how like interesting like the dvd felt menu felt. yeah i don't no, know
1: that's awesome
0: but yeah but i i kind of just wished like after it did that, I just wish it just jumped right back into I just wish it just jumped into the movie and not play the logo again within like the movie itself. Yeah, that I, I seems I, like I what wish, it was setting it up for. But I then wish it, it doesn't that. do that. Like yeah, it, it really weird. did. It really did like if we felt like it was gonna do that, then it plays logo again when the movie starts up, but it's like no. I wish it just jumps right into yeah. like the credits. Don't play yeah, the logo that again. Perfect. That would oh my <laughs> God. That would have been just oh my God. <laughs> yeah
1: so, um, but no that that still sounds awesome like that really just does sound really cool um
0: they don't do anything like that for like the um the other yeah, two discs it just like you know start like starts you know making the blueprint design of the house again it just gives mm-hmm. you the options of like, right words all that but yeah uh I'm, I'm gonna look it up now
1: all right yeah and then yeah send it to me so i can link it in the description um yeah you're really selling me on this uh special edition dvd now here, here's what i'm gonna say like looking at this standard edition that I own, it's not in the best condition. Like it's actually pretty torn and beat up. Uh, Where did I, I don't even remember where I got this from, but it's one that like has shown. It's like one that I remember just uh, finding in my collection one day. And it's like one I had never seen before. And it's like, I definitely need like, this is the kind of movie I made this podcast for like, yeah, I say the podcast is about my movie collection, but it like the reason I started it as like a podcast was so then I could like go through the movies that I had never seen before and I could like you know make a decision on whether I want to keep them or not. Um, but I'm glad we talked about this because this is not a very good DVD, just like the slipcover on it is like all banged yeah. up and kind of ripped. Uh, it has like a preview DVD sticker on the back, so like I guess this I got this at like some like I don't know, previously owned shop. Um, but like the sticker is barely coming off and it's yeah. just ripping apart the thing. And like you said, like it, it's just kind of limited in terms of features. Like, It's just I don't bare know, bones. The, yeah, the DVD that you're describing sounds a lot yeah, yeah. more so interesting. With, with
0: mine, uh, I say definitely keep. And with you, you have to, you should really find this copy. It's, it's a good really, yes. I think it's I, a better so version.
1: I, yeah, I think... So after watching the movie, I'm like, you know what? I could watch it again. So I probably would keep it in my collection, but not this edition that yeah, no. I have it on. No, I no, think the, the edition that you have, like, I would love that. Like, even yes. if they made like a nicer Blu-ray, I feel like, I don't know, watching an early 2000s movie on like a much nicer Blu-ray, just it won't hit the same unless it's from like a DVD. So like, I feel like I need that DVD quality to it. So yes. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think this this specific DVD is not a keep, but whenever if I ever come into contact with that, that kind of special edition you're describing, I'm so keeping that.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's that hard to find online. I don't think it's like so expensive or anything like I'm sure you can like buy Mm -hmm. like 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 like, a few bucks or so. Maybe like on eBay or something like that. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, I know. like sometimes like I'll go to like some kind of thrift stores and like I'll see like Panic Room there, but it's like the same one. I'm just like, that's not me. I want the, yeah. I want the special edition for God's yeah. sakes. So I want I,
1: the special edition.
0: Yeah. So, like, when I found like a copy like near me in like the the one of the malls near me at the uh, vintage mm-hmm. Stock, which is a pretty cool place to go to find interesting nice. stuff. I'm just like, oh my God, this one near me. Mom, take me there.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Um. All hey, right. Was there anything else you wanted to say about Panic Room? The DVD or the movie or anything before we wrap up.
0: Uh yeah. Once again, shout out to my boy Burnham. He a real one for real. Yeah.
1: <laughs> for real.
0: <laughs> I feel bad that he did got caught in the end, but I mean, at least like yeah. he, didn't, he didn't have a fate I mean, it's a, I mean it didn't he didn't die or anything, but no, I, I hope it like is,
1: it is left to interpretation, like what happens. He does get caught, but like that's literally the last time we ever see him, which I did kind of prefer that. I'm glad we didn't get, like, a where are they now? Like, all we really got was Kristen Stewart and uh, oh, Joey yeah, Foster looking, looking through the wanted ads. So, yeah. No,
0: I think, they were, yeah, I think they were just, like, looking for, like, a different place to live.
1: They're, they're looking for a new place. They're just yeah. like, well, we gotta find a new place. Womp I'm sh- womp.
0: I'm sure Burnham uh, spent his time. I'm sure he's out. I'm sure he's probably doing better now. I hope so. Yeah.
1: I hope so, too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right then. I'd say that just about does it. Uh Mordo, plug your stuff. Where can people find you?
0: Um I don't know, just the usuals. I mean, um yeah, uh, you can find me on YouTube, find me on Twitter. Um um I have a Tumblr now. I don't use it much, but you know, if Twitter sizes to shelf one day, I'll remember you all. <laughs> and, and of letterboxed? course And my letterbox, of course, yeah. i bring rarely yeah. that often. I know it's like I <laughs> It's funny cuz like um, I don't think I I like recorded anything for like like for a month. Like mm-hmm. the last thing I like recorded was like the Disney sequel stuff. I'm not explaining mm-hmm. why. And then my, my my first time coming back was fucking Pixels because I was watching that <laughs> with like some friends of mine in another server because they just bought it <laughs> and they just and they just start, and they started just play the movie in the streaming. It's like okay, I guess we're watching this now
1: i guess we're watching pixels but that
0: was (laughs) 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 like it all started because like they were telling me about like they're at a store and they found like this like um like laugh out loud collection i'm like don't buy that those sony movie collections are so shit just buy it that's just a standalone copy and of course he found a copy of pixels and then it's a ripoff
1: you will in fact not laugh out loud (laughs)
0: Yeah, because like I I hate how like like yeah, that's the thing. Because like like those collections, they're so bare bones, and they just like push. They just throw two movies into one disc, and it's just like so, and like a generic ass menu. It's just like so shit. I can't stand when Sony does that shit because they're just so they're just they're so bad. Don't buy those. Yeah, avoid those those. at all costs. They're so bare bones. Just buy the, the standalone copies. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. All right, then uh, I'd say that does do it. Uh, well, thank you, Mordo, for coming on the podcast, talking about Dunkirk and Panic Room. And hey, you uh, problem. Thank thanks you... for having
0: me back. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. Totally.
0: Ever since my last return was a holiday special. <laughs>
1: oh yeah no <laughs> oh i was gonna oh i forgot i was gonna i was gonna make a joke at the beginning i'm like oh we're gonna talk about another christopher nolan movie uh the star wars holiday special and then, no! <laughs> yeah, yeah anyway like,
0: just remember just like when i started off like this wait a minute that's this ain't a nolan movie you tricked me yeah. what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to, i want i hope that applied that baby like i wanted to come back to just talk about nolan movies with you
1: oh don't worry there's yeah, plenty more we're, nolan we're, movies to talk yeah. about But now
0: you guys know the running bit that we're doing so there you go there you go
1: all That's right all. well thank you all for listening and we'll see yep. you all next time and always remember uh the animals are leaving and so are we bye everybody
0: peace out